Web 2.0. Innovation. Trend. Collaboration. Software. Metadata. Got the world turning as fast as it can? Hear how technology can help, legally speaking, with two of the top legal technology experts, authors, and lawyers, Dennis Kennedy and Tom Mile. Welcome to the Kennedy Mile Report here on the Legal Talk Network. And welcome to episode 141 of the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Dennis Kennedy in St. Louis. And I'm Tom Mile in Dallas. In our last episode, we went all meta and talked about the best ways to obtain, subscribe to, and listen to podcasts, which reminds me to encourage you to subscribe to our podcast. Over the recent Thanksgiving holiday, I began to feel that, at least for me, social media obligations were starting to feel a little overwhelming. In fact, I was a little envious of how Tom managed to keep current on several social media platforms while I looked like I was in radio silence. It seemed like a good topic for a podcast. Tom, what's on our agenda for this episode? Well, Dennis, in this edition of the Kennedy Mile Report, we'll be discussing uh, how to get better control over your social media presence uh, and, and how you actually use social media, either personally or for your job. Uh, in our second segment, we'll share our thoughts. It's that time of year to talk about uh, gifts, and we'll share our thoughts on tech gifts and gift guides that we've seen coming out lately. And as usual, we'll finish up with our parting shots, that one tip, website, or observation that you can start to use the second that this podcast is over. But first, let's get started on our main topic, and that's uh, getting control over social media. Uh, if you're like us, uh, you're probably following at least one social media tool, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or Google Plus or LinkedIn, one of those. There's dozens of social media sites out there, but those are really, I think, the main ones. You, you might be using more than one of these tools, again, like us, but if you are like us, you may be finding yourself overwhelmed by the amount of social media that is regularly assaulting you, uh, or you might find that uh, that you're not engaging with it as much as you want, uh, something that I think we're going to be talking about a little bit. Either way, we figured it was time to see if we could come up with some strategies for making better use of our social media tools. Uh, I guess, Dennis, are we, are we about to be treated to you and maybe me uh, becoming the grumpy old men uh, who are yelling at people to get off their social media lawn? Well, I thought about that when we came up with this topic, and I am a little concerned that I will come off as a grumpy old man. But I'm willing to admit that I do want to yell at all the the ads, sponsors, posts, and promoted tweets. Uh, I want to yell at them to, to get out of my feeds uh, because that's really started to become a problem for me. And I know there are, there are some ways you can start to, to manage that a little bit, but with the advertising models that are being applied to social media, it just is not... Um, as much fun or as informative as you kind of have to scroll through all the, all these different ads. But what made me think about it was uh, uh, back of, uh, we were back at my dad's house uh, over Thanksgiving, and uh, I was, was watching people just kind of posting away in, in all sorts of social media, uh, you know, Facebook, Twitter, on their blogs, you know, LinkedIn. And, and I was just sort of taking it easy. And, and I started to wonder if I was doing something wrong because I, you know, I'm monitoring all the social media. And, and in theory, I'm posting to social media at least every now and then. And then I started to, to just 
as you did, Tom, at the beginning, tally up all the different social media tools out there and all the different feeds that you look at and the different apps that you can consume them through and all the different approaches. And it just seemed like a lot. And to even go for a few days, it sort of felt like I was kind of like I said, in, in radio, radio silence. Um, so that's what started me thinking about this. And so Tom, it seemed like you were doing a better job than, than I was, but I, I think you were also starting to have some of the same feelings. Well, you know, I do this from time to time, and, and it's interesting when I hear you put it that way, that uh, you're sitting back and consuming and not participating, which is an interesting dilemma, because I think that to a certain extent, social media puts a pressure on you to participate, that if you're not participating, then somehow you're out of the loop that you're that you're missing out on something and i think that's that's one of the issues with social media that we probably want to talk about is is that a bad thing is that something that uh, that we should care about you know last last night as we record this last night i was out celebrating uh, a rather uh, momentous birthday of mine and not once did i post to social media where i was uh, enjoying my birthday meal i didn't uh, tweet a picture of my dinner I I didn't uh, post happy birthday to me. I didn't even think about it. And when I got home that night, I felt I felt a little guilty that I didn't think about it. I, I really, it's very interesting. I, when you talk about getting ads, I don't get ads in my Twitter feed. I don't see sponsored tweets or anything like that. My Twitter feed is pretty clean. I, and I, I don't know why that is. I should knock wood and say, thank goodness that that's how it is. I will say that I notice a lot of ads in my Facebook feed. Um, but I think that that's, been decreasing lately. It's not as many as it used to be. I, I think, and I don't know why they would do this, but I think that Facebook is actually making an effort to reduce the amount of ads that people might see in their own personal feeds, but I can't I otherwise explain what's uh, what's going on. I think that that though, from a, from a consumption standpoint, and, and the fact that there are so many social media outlets is, I think I've been pretty good, at least for myself, limiting um, my, comp- my consumption of social media to two main outlets. I think that if I tried to consume on so many different sites, I would go crazy or I would just have no time to do it. I, I, I spend most of my time on Twitter and on Facebook when I'm consuming information from social media. I just don't spend a lot of time on Google Plus or LinkedIn or any of those other sites. Uh, you know, I might I might spend time on, on Pinterest or Instagram just because they're interesting. I like to go look and see there, but I really don't use that for consumption of information. When it comes, though, to post Posting information, though, I tend to want to broaden uh, my reach to as many social media outlets as I think makes sense. And so I will probably post to many more than just Facebook or Twitter. I know that we kind of wanted to wanted to kind of talk about both the the presence and the consumption aspect and the posting aspect and how we approach it, how we think others should approach it. Uh, Dennis, where do you want to start on that whole? That whole spectrum. Well, I'd, uh, I'm looking at uh, our notes here, and I, we were planning to talk about two areas, which are called posting and consumption. But I also think there's the uh, the, the commenting slash communication side of it uh, as well. So maybe there's there's sort of three parts of this because I think the commenting thing, which I've never been good at, is is where I'm always surprised that the people are as active as as they are. So. Posting is where I actually start 
to feel guilty, you know, that I need to either post something to social media or in a way to, to make comments. And, and Tommy Roberto is a classic example for me. So I see in several places, it's very obvious that it's your birthday. And I see that, you know, on Facebook, there's a bunch of likes, there's a whole bunch of comments for you. People are wishing you happy birthday. And I'm going like, oh, you know, I've, uh, I was traveling that day. We we're driving all day. And I'm going like, oh, do I, you know, do I need to like pile on and, and say happy birthday to Tom? Because other people who are friends of Tom will notice that maybe I didn't bother to say anything. So I kept wondering why you weren't <laughs> saying happy birthday to me, Dennis. So I, I just I, have to let you know that. Yeah, I took the uh, the uh, the easy way out, and I just liked one of uh, like the announcement <laughs> of your, your birthday, which is kind of like the you know the equivalent of uh, the watermelon thing that we were talking about, you know, f- uh, in the previous episode, where you're just going like, "Hey, just to let you know, I'm out there, and I'm acknowledging this, and I don't really have anything." you know, that's significant to say, but just want you to know that I'm not ignoring the fact that it's it's your birthday. Except if we're being honest here, I don't notice all the likes that I get. And so just now as you're telling me this is the first that I know that you liked a post about my birthday. So there you go. And so so the audience here, they're hearing it for the first time. So all the resentment that was building up <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's overflowing right at this moment. <laughs> right. So, so anyway, so there's that that posting thing is is I think a big one, and especially Tom, you and I have been bloggers for a long time, so always a sense like oh, I need to post my blog. So if you if I want to put something out on the internet, or my greatest sense of guilt, or where I think it should go first is to my blog, and then I then I look at the other social media, and then I say, well, I need to tweet every now and then, and I love to do something on LinkedIn a couple of times a week, and I kind of cheat on Facebook because one of my Twitter, you know, when I post on Twitter, that goes right into into Facebook, and so it's this big mishmash of things. And I think that part of the reasons that it's difficult for me to post is that it's just such a disorganized mess. And I also want to kind of echo post in a way to say, oh, here's my blog post. And I, you know, and then I talk about it in other places. And so um, I think we'll probably return to this notion, but I just don't have that central place where I can just write what I want and send it where I want. And I know that sort of will reach the sort of Hootsuite sort of dashboard model. But that's part of it for me. And so I think it's uh, having that variety of, of sources to choose from and then saying, am I writing in a different voice for each is what makes it especially hard for me. So you raise a bunch of different points. I think that starting at where you you began and talking about kind of that third area, which is more of the engagement, the commenting and uh, and participation in other social media uh, uh, posts, I think is an area where I also, I think I could be better. I, you know, I think that responding to tweets, responding to blog posts or Facebook posts, I think are great ways to engage. And if you listen to the people talking about how to develop relationships, um, it's all about the conversation. It's all about the back and forth. It doesn't help so much if you're just uh, 
having one way conversation, whether you're just throwing everything out there or you're only consuming everything. If it's not back and forth, it's not successful. And and clearly you have to reach your own level of comfort there. But uh, even the most cynical people who talk about social media say that it's just as simple as going online and talking to people and having a conversation. And, 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 and I think that's a great way to get known. It's a great way to increase your presence. And I think it's a way that I certainly could be better because I tend, especially on Twitter to not respond a lot. Uh, I I tend uh, I tend to mostly just consume it as another form of a newsfeed. Um, now, when it comes to posting information, I mean, I think that that well, maybe maybe we maybe we talk right now instead of posting. Let's talk about consumption because um, you and I were talking before the podcast about hearing how other people are a are claim to be able to follow 25,000 people on Twitter and have 5,000 friends on Facebook and are able to manage somehow to get through all of this. And frankly, I'm not following that many folks on Twitter. I know you're following far fewer than I am. Um, and the volume of information that I get takes up a whole lot of time, and so I'm not real sure how uh, I'm not real sure how how other people are able to get through it unless they're spending a lot more, devoting a lot more time to social media than uh, than may may be healthy uh, for them, and certainly not time that I can devote. I don't know if that's the same for you, but I think that that's kind of where I feel the frustration with consumption is there's just so much out there, and trying to figure out the balance of where to where to draw the line and how much is right for you is is really a a good question. Well, and I think that where I'm going to sound like the grumpy old man is that I don't like in social media, I'm I'm not fond of of the amount of changes that the social media uh, platforms like to make on a regular basis without without asking me. And so I say I just wanted you know, I liked it when it was just reverse chronological order, and I know that you know I can change settings to remove things from my feeds and do all this sort of things. But I don't like the fact that if I don't do anything, then there's significant changes. So that's that's one one part where I do get a little bit grumpy, but I think that you have said a variety of sources, a huge amount of volume, especially as you follow more and more people and have more and more friends. And it's always been, especially on Twitter, the advice has always been that you want to follow back people who follow you and, and, you know, increase your number of followers. And there are benefits to that, especially when it comes to, to marketing yourself. But uh, when people have thousands of followers, I just can't even imagine what it's like. I am I, the main Twitter feed I follow, or you know, the people I follow, is is less than sixty people. And there are times, especially when people are just you know posting from conferences and stuff, it feels like way too much. And you know, that's a very small number. So I can't imagine what it's like when when people have hundreds. Of, but I also know that. When you have that many, you're doing. You're certainly skimming. You're dipping into, um, you know, the flow of the Twitter feed. You're doing stuff like lists. You know, uh, you're doing what you can to manage manage that. And then also in Twitter, I use more search focus on on trending topics and like i don't know time i like i said you have sort of hundreds of of people that you follow so what are the the techniques that, that you take to kind of uh hone in on the stuff you actually want to read and find out about 
I don't use Twitter. I, um, I I use other sources, frankly, although I know a lot of people use Twitter for trending topics. And, and if something's going on uh, in real time, I will tend to go and look at it at that point in time. But uh, And I think Twitter is good for that purpose, is good to understand what's going on in the moment. Um, but after the fact, if it's a trending topic that's already happened, I typically find that there are other sources that tend to be better on this. You know, I, I know a lot of people who say, I use Twitter now as my newsreader because I get all the news that I need. And I, I don't find that to be true. I find that it's incomplete. I find that people will tend to tweet about the same exact topics and not anything else. And so I, I find that that's kind of a difficult thing for me to do. You know, I, if you talk about what I think may have been the common wisdom that you follow back everyone that follows you and I really don't subscribe to that I, I the, the approach that I try to take when people follow me if I notice that they followed me is I try to look at them and say all right how are they related to what I do and what my interests are and if they are people that I want to read what they have to post if I want to understand the content that they have then I'm I look at it with a purely selfish view to my consumption of their content Content. And if it's interesting to me, I will generally follow them back. There's obviously going to be exceptions to that. But uh, if I have somebody who has decided that they want to, you know, a, I got followed by a whole lot of Dallas businesses that I have no interest in patronizing and that I don't want to know anything about, I'm certainly not going to, I'm certainly not going to follow those. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's, it, for, for me, it's, it's pretty straightforward. I, I, I follow probably about 700 people, uh, I, right now, which, which is, you know, not what, uh, the social media gurus will tell you is, is good for, uh, for the level of engagement that you need. But I'll tell you the volume I've got keeps me quite, quite busy. And I just, I don't have the time to get through all of it. It's like what you say, you're dipping into the river and, uh, and, and, and you're not getting all the information out that uh, is being uh, handed to you uh, on a regular basis. Yeah. And, and to go back to, I, I've been thinking about the whole commenting communications, you know, being part of the conversation uh, aspect of this, which I've always been, I, no question, I've always been poor about because usually, you know, when I'm, talking to people want to have a conversation I sort of think it should be private semi-private and I'm not as comfortable with the sort of real public conversations yep. so so that's 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 always been a difficulty for me with social media and there are things where you say uh, you know I'm a little bit more comfortable liking things because it's you know I, I I don't really have to take a position on any of that. And then, but I also find there's some things that you, f you find, might find yourself where you, you feel a little pressure to get involved in. And there's, so there'd be these surveys, the challenges, that ice bucket challenge, you know, things, things like that, supporting political causes or other, you know, charitable causes, all those sorts of things will also come in and you're going like, all right, I'm reading this. Do I need to, need to do this? Uh, you know, how how do I need to to respond to these things? And some some of the things to me take a little bit of time to to think about. You know, so I had another of my high school classmates uh, pass away over the weekend, and and so the news is on Facebook, and I just don't. I mean, it does. It's not the thing where you want to say do a like for the right. yeah. for the, for that announcement. So you you feel like you do need to 
comment, but then you don't know. I mean, ultimately, you end up saying, you know, you're passing your condolences on to the to the family and friends. But but you still think, well, maybe I'd like to to write something a little more about that, you know, especially with somebody that you grew up with. So. I think that is tricky, and that's where, I, as I started to think about this, um, that was one aspect that made me really think about this. The other is, as I thought about posting, especially over the last week, and you had this when you were blogging, in blogging too, but if you're sort of focused on a subject matter area, which we sort of do time, and we don't do topical or political stuff, but when there's stuff going on in the world, it makes it hard to, to do your, you know, your typical blog post or a, a tweet. So in St. Louis last week, everything around uh, the Ferguson decision, it's really hard to say, oh, I'm going to, you know, do a blog post about, you know, legal technology in when the, when events are happening on the ground. And, you know, because it, it doesn't feel right, you know, to while you're doing that. And but you also say that's not really what the topic of the blog is, but it sort of, you know, puts puts you in that quandary. And, and then you also don't want to do this sort of classic you know, a blogger or Twitter thing where something like nine eleven happens and you go back and, and you were complaining about, you know, you weren't, they gave you the wrong coffee. They, you know, they didn't give you what you ordered and how upset you were about that because you look, you feel like you look ridiculous. So I think, you know, there are a lot of things happening there where you're trying to say, okay, so how, how does this fit? And then you're also, so you have all this stuff coming in, all the places you need to post. And that's where I started to feel overwhelming. And so I sort of, I, you know, I thought a couple things, Tom, that, you know, there's the, the dashboard, the hoot suite, the social media suites. I think there's also this where you need to say, okay, what am I doing this social media stuff for? So what is the job uh, to be done for social media? What are you trying to accomplish? And then Tom, as you and I talked about beforehand, more and more I think of like, man, I just need to prune some of this stuff back. Right. Well, I mean, and I think that when we talk about pruning back, I guess I guess that depends on what you mean by pruning. I, I think that the four main social media tools that lawyers should focus on are Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, and then Google Plus would be my last my last uh, choice. Even though I've been seeing stories lately about how Google Plus is on the decline, even though it still has a billion or so users. Um, but I, I, I guess. For me, it's still pretty straightforward. I I still think, um, as we've discussed on this podcast many times, I still think of my blog as my hub, as the place where I'm going to put my most important thoughts, and then I'm going to use the various social media tools to bring people back and and just publicize what I'm talking about um, out on those areas. And I think what you describe as having a dashboard um, makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, I, I tend to post it to all of those places. I post it to Facebook and Google Plus and Twitter and LinkedIn and all of those. Um, and, and, you know, if I'm, if I'm just sharing links that I find interesting, um, that's more content specific, uh, context specific. Sometimes it's going to be a news article uh, that I want my Facebook friends to see, that I may want to have a conversation with my friends about, uh, the, with my close friends, which is really what I limit Facebook to. Other times it'll be something more technology related. So I'm going to share that with my larger Twitter audience. But um, but in terms of posting it, I really subscribe to you, your dashboard theory, and, and I 
tend to use Hootsuite uh, more than anything else. And I will um, post from Hootsuite uh, to all of those sites, can't, except for Google. Can't, can't post to Google Plus from, from Hootsuite. But uh, I post to all the others from there. Um, I will schedule posts so they go out when I'm, uh, when, I, when I'm not around so I don't have to worry about constantly being involved with doing the social media. I will also say, though, that, and we were talking about this before the podcast, I recently updated one of the plugins on my WordPress blog that will automatically retweet or send send a copy of a tweet out about a blog post a couple of times over a week's period uh, so that, uh, you know, when you're just dipping into the stream, you might miss a tweet. And so uh, sending something out two or maybe three times over the course of the week um, may increase or improve the chances that somebody's going to see something. So I, I think that's an interesting use of the, of a, of the tool. I think I'm going to try that and see how that works. But I am trying to automate the process as much as possible. So I spend most of my time writing the content and I spend less of my time publishing it. Yeah, I think that's right. It's especially if you're going to try to to repurpose that so you're you're always looking for ways that you know if you're repurposing a message, sending the same message out over different places, you want to kind of automate that to the extent you can, or or have sort of. Uh, you know, for lack of a better word, a templated approach or an ex at least an experimental approach that I try to write things a little bit differently and see, you know, how if they're, you know, retweeted more or, or whatever. Um, and then, but I sort of feel we've reached a point where of social media where sort of losing track of like what it's there for and uh, what its potential is as it's, you know, so the social media platforms, as I said, are working toward a business model. It just seems like a good time as we're talking about it, just to kind of step back and say, okay, what what am I really doing with this stuff? And maybe it's time to evaluate. And you know, maybe people. And the other thing we always hate to say, you know, as you're you know, as a blogger, as a writer, as a podcaster, like maybe people aren't hanging on our every word, and it's okay to kind of do whatever it is that you do, and and kind of get to the point where you feel comfortable about it. Well, I think it's certainly not tr not true that people aren't hanging on our every word, and I'll I'll call out this audience as an example. And maybe maybe the audience doesn't look at our show notes, but uh, after our last podcast on podcasting, I posted a poll on Google Plus asking our listeners to to weigh in on how uh, how you consume podcasts. And uh, so far, I think we've gotten a grand total of three. Th three responses, uh, which I know there are more than three people that listen to this podcast, but uh, you know that's that's the sort of thing and, and, and that you talk about. And uh, but you know, I, I agree, Dennis. I think that uh, you know one of the things we talk about um, on the podcast a lot is to you know maybe audit what you're doing and 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 like you say, step back, take a look at. What are you doing now with social media? What's the job to be done? And then what are the tools that make the most sense? What are you really trying to accomplish? Is there maybe some fine tuning that could be uh, that could be done here? I mean, my two best uh, pieces of advice as far as I'm concerned are don't try to take on too much. That's kind of the approach that I've taken. If you take try to take on all of the tools and try to become totally engaged everywhere, you're going to get overwhelmed. You're going to give up on all of it at some point and and that that will be way wasted effort. But with the tools that you select, 
reflect, take the time to keep up, to engage, even if you're just engaging a little bit so that you're still, you know, have have a little bit of, of, of involvement there. Otherwise, you know, it's really hard to get back into the stream. I'm, I'm just now starting to post on my blog again, and it's hard. It's going to be hard to get people to recognize that I'm posting again. I'm going to have to really go out of my way to say, hey, look, I'm here again, even though I've had a blog for, for over 10 years, I've had for 12 years now. And, and it, it's, it, once you're out of it for a while, people forget that you that you that you're there. You've got to go and justify your presence again. Dennis, any uh, tips or best practices you want to share before we go on to the next segment? Yeah, I sort of have this sense that I, I as always do. In, in social media, there's probably one of these that feels like it just fits you really well. And and there's probably one, if you're lucky, two, but probably one that you can be excellent at and the, that you enjoy. And that's the one you should focus on, find and then focus on that. And there are probably two that you can be pretty good at. Um, and then I would spend time on that. And the others, there's just too many of them, and you're lu- going to be lucky to be average or to enjoy them that much. And that's where I think that you want to say, you know, like, how much do I really want to do, put time into those things when I could be spending the time in the stuff I'm good at and I really like doing. Before we move on to our next segment, let's take a quick break for a message from our sponsor. Looking for a process server you can trust? ServeNow.com is a nationwide network of local pre-screened process servers. ServeNow works with the most professional process servers in the industry. Connecting your firm with process servers who embrace technology, have experience with high-volume serves, and understand the litigation process and rules of properly effectuating service. Find a pre-screened process server today. Visit www.servenow.com. We're glad you're listening to Legal Talk Network. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, too. And now let's get back to the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy. It seems like the podcast and the long, long blog posts about tech gift guides for the holidays have come out earlier than ever this year, Um, certainly before it was even on our radar for a podcast topic. In a way, that simplifies our lives because we can just point you to other guides rather than come up with an extended, thought-out guide ourselves. We thought it'd be better and easier for us to instead offer our off-the-cuff quick thoughts on tech gifts and tech guides. Tom, fire away. All right, I'm going to give three off-the-cuff thoughts on tech gifts and two tech gift guides that I think you should pay attention to. The three gifts that I think are really cool and fun, and and I'm only going to talk about things that I'm using and that I have rather than things that I've seen and think might be cool. These are things that I've tried. I really like them all. First, the Moto 360 watch. I've been using my Android Wear watch now for a couple of months. I really, really love it. I hardly ever look at my phone anymore because I'm looking at my watch. It does things really well. It integrates nicely with Android phone. If you have an Android phone, I really recommend uh, the the Moto 360. I just posted a review and I've been using um, the Logitech Keys to Go Bluetooth keyboard for my iPad. It's incredibly thin. It's very light. It goes perfectly with the iPad. 
had. Yeah, there's some issues with the fabric skin that's covering it, and the keys may not be as responsive as you want, but I really, really like this keyboard. Finally, I've been using, I've been looking for um, Bluetooth wireless earbuds so that when I go and work out or when I walk the dogs or whatever, I'm not catching my 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 uh, my headphone cord on something, which always happens. And the Jaybird Blue Buds X Sport wireless earbuds, I'll post it in the show notes, are really, really good uh, wireless Bluetooth uh, headphones. They connect to my phone and they do it in a really nice and, and seamless way. Two tech gift guides that I'll recommend. Um, first, The Verge just came out with its holiday gift ideas 2014. They have the most, I think, thoughtful reviews of tech products. And so I have to pay attention to what their gift guide is. And I, I've really found that it's very interesting. The other site that I recommend is The Wire Cutter. If you're not visiting The Wire Cutter to figure out what they rank as the best product in just dozens of tech categories, you really should start doing that. And their holiday site is not just a gift guide. They talk about best deals, their favorite stuff. There's a whole lot out there. So I'll post it in the show notes, but both The Verge and The Wire Cutter have some really cool gift guides this year. Dennis, what about you? I'm frantically scribbling down notes from from the the things you just mentioned, but um, I, I was sort of thinking about the whole the whole category. So I see these, I see and hear guides like this, and I, I think they're generally useful, uh, you know, to to give you some ideas. But when I when I read them, I, I'm typically thinking, are these gifts for me, or are they gifts for me to give to somebody else? Because which are two completely different different things in my way of thinking. So I think sometimes you look at these things and you go like, oh, so these would be gifts that you give to somebody because they're, they're techie and they're not something that's necessarily useful, but they're just either funny or, or whatever. And, and so that, that never appeals to me. Probably not surprising to people who listen to the podcast. So I'm, I'm all about practical stuff. So, uh, so I think of you know you're thinking about the uh, wireless headphones. That's exactly where I'm at. I've spending more time on planes lately. I'm all over noise canceling headphones. Doing a lot of research on that. I it sounds like the Bose is probably the the way to go there. Um, it's sort of one of those things that you can't you can't go wrong on. Um, I love, you know, I have too many headphones as it is, but, you know, gift, gift time is always a time for me to get more headphones. So that's out there. Um, I was looking at, uh, and, and then I would say on the tech side, people are always saying, well, here are all these gadgets and things. And I realize I'm not totally a gadget person when it comes right down to it. And so I look at things like, what would be a great uh, computer bag, uh Outlets, uh, you, you know the the little power strips that that will let you charge. You know extra power cords and and things like that. I would, you know, it's like the best gift for me uh, would probably be. And, and Tommy, you might put this on your your list of of items you might buy me. It would be a, a new uh, a new power cord for my my MacBook Air because I got the thing all taped up from where it's for where it's fraying. Hasn't that been months? Isn't it? Aren't we talking months that that's been going on? Yeah, but the, the electric. I will. Uh, I will get you a cord today. Yeah, the electrical type works just fine. So, <laughs> so, I, so I think all these things are really useful. There's a number of them out there, and I think it's good to uh, to look, you know, in the categories you're at. So today, uh, 
I was looking at, uh, I was thinking about a camera and, you know, there's, there's a bunch of camera magazines that have like their best, you know, their best choices. And so I think you all, you want to look in those categories. And so to me, sort of the more specific, the better. And then, you know, practical is better than, you know, funny for me, but, you know, if you have friends who like funny tech stuff, then then that's that's okay too. But I think you need to know your audience. Now it's time for a parting shots, that one tip, website, or observation that you can use the second this podcast ends. Tom, take it away. So I think that I've made it clear on past podcasts. I think when we were talking about to-do lists or things like that, I, I mentioned that I am a big fan of the the site Todoist um, and that it 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 beat out um, OmniFocus for my uh, task manager of choice just because uh, OmniFocus is pretty much limited to iOS, to Mac and iPad and iPhone. Um, one thing that might make me change my mind is an OmniFocus guide that just came out from our friend David Sparks, who's been a guest on this podcast before. He published a screencast guide to using OmniFocus um, that's 10 bucks. Uh, well worth it, I'm sure. I'm, I plan on spending money to look at it to see whether or not he can convince me that OmniFocus is a tool I should use despite the fact that I have an Android phone. That's going to be a tough sell, but I'm willing to give it a shot. If you're looking for a task manager and you tend to be in, on a Mac or on an iDevice, um, I, I think that anything that David Sparks uh, publishes is, is worth taking a look at. And I'll just say, Tom, OmniFocus, for me, world-changing. I, I bought it earlier this year. It's, it's the best money I spent um, this year on, on technology. My parting shots, uh, two things I wanted to mention sort of relate to the previous topic. Uh, one that I know I think both of us have mentioned before is, is Kevin Kelly's uh, book, Cool Tools, and and the website, Cool Tools, as, as well. Um I got lost for a couple hours reading this book. It's just a great collection of, of tools, information about that uh, in every category, 400 pages, nice glossy print, uh, real interesting stuff, information on access, prices. Um, it's really hard to uh, to look through this book without jotting down a whole bunch of things that would be really helpful to you. Um, so that's Cool Tools by Kevin Kelly, a uh, self-published book. Uh, and and it's pretty amazing what you can do with self-publishing these days. And for headphone people like me, I just want to recommend a site called Inner Fidelity, which is Inner fidelity.com i-n-n-e-r fidelity um, and they have a what they call wall of fame which is they do an incredible amount of testing so you don't have to and then they they list the best headphones by the different types and and varieties and so you can hone in on exactly the headphones you need whether that's wireless whether it's over the years whether it's no noise canceling whether it's something to do while you're working out uh, so great site for that so that wraps it up for this edition of the Kennedy Mall Report. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Information on how to get in touch with us, as well as links to all the topics we discussed today, is available on our show notes blog at tkmreport.com. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes or on the Legal Talk Network site. You can get to archives of all of our previous uh, podcasts in both places as well. If you have a question that you want answered uh, or a topic for an upcoming podcast, please email us at tkmreport at gmail.com or send us a tweet 
I'm at Tom Mile, and Dennis is at Dennis Kennedy. So until the next podcast, I am Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy, and you've been listening to the Kennedy Mile Report, a podcast on legal technology with an internet focus. Help us out by telling a couple of your friends and colleagues about this podcast. Thanks for listening to the Kennedy Mile Report. Check out Dennis and Tom's book, The Lawyer's Guide to Collaboration Tools and Technologies, Smart Ways to Work Together, from ABA Books or Amazon. And join us every other week for another edition of the Kennedy Mile Report, only on the Legal Talk Network.